It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Eric Carlson and Middleton on defense for San Jose. They're fighting for it, but it's worked free by Doc. Shovels one under pressure back to the point man. Murphy leaves it for Kubelik on the right side. Shoots one through a screen, blocked in front. Oh, a great save by the goaltender, James Weimer, on the rebound of that play. Hustle by Chicago, but it didn't go in because of Weimer's quick reaction. That was huge for the whole group and for, for Rhymes especially, too. Uh, he deserved a shutout. Um, way earlier in the season, uh, it shouldn't have taken this long. He's been playing fantastic, so uh, we're super proud of him. Uh, that's a huge road win for us. Um, you know, we need that. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to life after a holiday weekend. Always one of the more interesting things to go through. We've all been there. Uh, Sharks coming off a very, very nice win last night. What was a busy Sunday in the news cycle. Of course, the news started out with the Sharks placing Evander Kane on waivers. If he clears waivers, as it is relatively expected, then he is going to be assigned to the Barracuda. That designation will be happening by 11 o'clock this morning, so we will know that answer. And I think that we all pretty much thought this was going to be the outcome. I mean, I think it was the most likely outcome. We didn't know what was going to happen entirely. But I think this is what I thought was going to happen, and a lot of the people that I talked to had assumed was going to happen. And there is a chance that, of course, he does get picked up by another team, but I think everybody is looking at Evander Kane with a wait-and-see type attitude. And I think that the overall perceptions of the team and their relationship to Evander Kane are very much in the assumption point right now where people don't really know what the entire situation was, and that, that includes myself. I'm just saying this. like We all speak from this frame of reference that's been fed by a narrative that we weren't entirely involved with. We only saw from the outside. So that's what we're all looking at right now. Now, whether or not Kane is ever going to play for the Sharks again, whether or not he is going to have his quote-unquote come-to-Jesus moment and recognize that he needs to rectify certain behaviors that he's displayed in the past and be able to be the best teammate that he can be so that he can continue his NHL career, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of... That's a lot of questions, and I don't know what exactly the entirety of the situation was, but my hope simply for Evander Kane, the person, and Evander Kane, the the player, is that he just gets this all figured out so that he can be the best person and the best player that he wants to be and he's capable of being going forward in his career. I don't like having anyone having these type of struggles and these type of issues, even if someone has done things that are not in line with my own value system. People have issues, people have problems, people have struggles, people have their own path they have to navigate in life. And I think we are all better as a society if people can figure out these problems and put themselves on a path that leads towards success and leads towards the best decision-making. So if that works its way out to where Evander Kane can be a contributing member of the San Jose Sharks again, then great. 
The guy is an incredible player. If it doesn't work out that way or if there's another team that wants to work with him, I, I hope whatever works out for Evander works out for Evander. Best case scenario is he figures things out and is a contributing member of the San Jose Sharks again. I'd rather have him on the team than not. If that's not the way it works out, so be it. The Sharks gave it a very good effort, and Evander Kane helped the Sharks have some very good postseason success and helped the Sharks score goals, and I don't look at his time with San Jose as an overwhelming negative. But I do think the way that the San Jose Sharks organization handled this in allowing the team to be free of the distraction was the way to go about it. I know that some in the media wanted more clarity, wanted more information, but you know what? I, I think the Sharks were just kind of looking at this as, hey, this is not the team's responsibility. This, for the time being, is a front office p- decision, and that's the way they left it. And yeah, there were some questions asked, but that's the way it goes. I have seen similar but different situations like this all over the Bay Area sports landscape, and media ask questions. That's what they do. And for the Sharks, I don't think this has been a distraction, and I think there was no greater evidence of that than the way they played it last night. I think that the Sharks went into a tough situation against a Chicago team, which is much improved to where they were earlier in the year. But when I looked at this game going in, and I looked at the roster, and I looked at not just the overall record, but the record as of late, I said to myself, do the Sharks on paper present as an on-par or better team than Chicago? And my answer was yes. And I think that everybody got caught up in this narrative of, well, this team has been hot right now and they've been playing better hockey and they're not the same team they were earlier in the year or that they have been before. And all those points are very, very true. But I looked at the Sharks on paper and I said to myself, you know what, this still feels like a winnable game. Like looking at that Toronto game, Did the Sharks have a chance to beat Toronto? Of course they did. This is the NHL. you got to go out there and play these games. On paper, who's the better team, Toronto or San Jose? And the answer was Toronto. So when Toronto played their best game and the Sharks played a not, not a terrible game by any means, but simply not good enough, yeah, Toronto won. So I think very similar situation went into last night. Sharks on paper are better than Chicago, who played a good game last night. Let's, let's be honest. It's James Reimer that bailed them out, but the Chicago Blackhawks played a good game last night. The Sharks were just a little bit better, and I think that was the difference that we saw on paper as it presented itself in real life out there on the ice in a road game for the San Jose Sharks. The first period was a bit rough. I mean, they looked like their legs were a little bit dead, and that happens when you've got travel and they got in late the night before and you find yourself in a tough, imposing place out there on the road in the NHL. Those Chicago fans, they do not make that a very hospitable place, but the Sharks were able to weather the storm of the first period where they looked tired, where they looked a little sloppy, where they looked a little bit just out of sorts thanks to what James Reimer was able to do. And I think that that was just such a remarkable performance, especially in that first period. Reimer was just making huge save after huge save, after huge save. And and that's what you need. I mean, that's what we saw with the Sharks a couple years ago or last year and the year before and even the year before that is they were not getting bailed out by Martin Jones. And Lanta Martin Jones didn't have some great games. Of course he did, and there were some games where he played out of his mind. But it seemed like if the Sharks were going to be a little bit dead in a period, then so was whoever was in front of the net. And that did not lend itself to the Sharks being put in great situations to win a game. Last night, the Sharks were very, very flat and sloppy in front of the net and James Reimer in that first period. 
James Reimer bailed them out. James Reimer was able to dig deep and make save after save after save for the Sharks that allowed the Sharks to stay with that game and eventually get the breakthrough goal in the second period from Timo Meyer and find a win. But credit to Reimer. He has been an absolute stud. He is the number one guy right now. And this comes on the heels of the fact that he has not been getting much in the way of uh, goal support from his team. He's had a lot of games where he's had to be close to flawless and that puts yourself and your team in a difficult situation, but the Sharks have been able to handle it and Reimer's been able to handle it and they have not collapsed. I mean, there is a, and I hate to use this term sometimes because it's overused in sports, but I think it's applicable here with the Sharks. There has been a bend, not break mentality. And on a night where the power play wasn't humming, and let's be honest, the power play hasn't been humming much as of late, but the power play wasn't great. The penalty kill did its job, and the five-on-five play cleaned it up enough after the first period to give Reimer the sort of cohesiveness out there on the ice that he needed to continue the shutout. But just a remarkable performance. That's the best that Reimer has played all year. That's the Sharks getting out on the front foot of a road trip and getting that first win, and it was huge. I mean, you get through that first period, and in the second period, things are cleaned up. And I think one of the more interesting things they talked about was the fact that there was video in the dressing room in between the first and second periods and that Bob Bugner and his staff showed the Sharks five or six clips of where they were having trouble. I, I love stuff like that because I think Bugner, for the most part, is relatively hands-off in between periods. He, you know, He's not that far removed from his own playing career. I'm sure he didn't like it when the coaches came in and told him things that he already knew and was aware of and doesn't want to do that too much to his players. But I think that when you come in with video evidence that you feel is pertinent and things that guys need to watch. I think the guys know Bugner well enough that if he's showing them something, that if they're specifically coming to them with issues, they are going to respond. They are going to say, okay, he's pointing this out for a reason and we need to respond to it. It's, you know, this is the modern NHL. You're able to whip out the iPads. You're able to whip up the video really quickly and say, this is what the problem is. This is what we need to rectify. If we do this, we give ourselves a much better chance of winning the game. So that, to me, that transitory period or transitional period from the intermission to the second period where they come out with much better legs and look a lot cleaner on defense and seem to be managing the puck a lot better. You build that up to the point where Timo Meyer is in the right place at the right time. Suddenly you're up one nothing. The game swings in your favor and the Sharks are in a much better position than you were a, you know, 15 minutes prior when you're in the dressing room after the first period trying to figure out how on earth you were able to walk away in a, with a scoreless game and the only answer was James Reimer. I mean, now in the second period, you're looking like a much better team. And then again, Timo Meyer, right place, right time. That's what you got to do. And I think that Timo Meyer, you know, he was just trying to provide a screen or give the goalie something to look at as a distraction, but he's there. He was making a concerted effort to be in the right place at the right time. And he happened to be even in a writer place, for lack of a better term, at a writer time where he was able to catch a deflection off his stick and put the Sharks in front. That's indicative of Timo Meyer's overall game right now. He's going into the hard spaces. He's putting more pucks on the net. He's playing with more conviction. He's playing with greater effort than we saw all of last year. And now this is a guy who's on pace to have the type of season that we all know he was capable of. I mean, we saw Timo Meyer have that 2018-2019 season where we said the sky is seemingly the limit for this guy, and we're watching it play out in front of us. He is the archetype power forward in the NHL right now. 
And when you see his game being rewarded, you watch his confidence growing. He even said after the game of his empty netter, he's not the guy that thinks he can score a whole lot of empty netters, and he scored the empty netter. I mean, that's just the way it goes for him right now because he is hot. He has been scoring goals in all his games, and he's looking like a very, very high-caliber player in the NHL, which is what we all expect to hit him to be. This is a guy who has star potential, and last year and the year before, he wasn't playing like it, particularly in the fact that he got off to very slow starts. Right now, he's been coming out hot. He's been playing with greater conviction, a more concerted effort, getting more pucks to the net, doing everything that the Sharks needed him to do, and he's being rewarded by it. And that's, I hope that message gets through to him of like, hey, Timo, you're doing exactly what we told you we needed you to do, and look how it's being rewarded. What is this going to do for Timo Meyer? It's going to put him in a higher profile in the NHL. It's going to earn him more money. It's going to make the Sharks better. One hand feeds the other. And Timo Meyer, I don't know if he needed that wake-up call. I don't know if he needed that, you know, just reality check after what was happening the last couple of years. But he has refound his game, and he's put himself in his position to have great success. And now the Sharks, because of that, are having success as well. If you do the math on what he has produced over an 82-game schedule right now, all 21 games in which he has not played in all of them, but it's 35 goals is what he's on par for if he plays every single game. He hasn't played every single game up to this point. He's only played in 16 games. When you run the math on those numbers, he's on pace for 46 goals. So he's on pace to have a better season than what he had in 2018-2019. He's most productive season with 30 goals, and he's on pace to be significantly better than that as well. So let's see where it goes. But for the time being, Timo Meyer is on pace to have the best year of his career by a long shot. So very, very fun to watch right now. So the Sharks get the one nothing lead and you play a continued clean second period. You're good at keeping the puck away from the front of the net and you are not giving up as many high danger opportunities as you were in the first period. The Sharks rectified the mistakes from the first period and in the second period, they're able to take a lead. They close it out in that third period. Again, they're playing hard-nosed hockey, effort-filled hockey with conviction throughout the entirety of that third period. They were able to get the win. You get a big penalty kill in the third period. Chicago has their opportunity. The Sharks are able to absorb it. You know, Brent Burns did not like the hooking call, but that's how it goes at that point of the game. It wasn't a bad penalty per se, or not the worst that I've ever seen, but I didn't think it was quote-unquote ticky-tack. I felt it was, you know, a decent call. It's not going to get called every time, but in that situation it did. But once again, the Sharks and James Reimer were up to the challenge. And I think that there is a mental readiness for the team that is there this year that was not there last year. Last year, it seems like when they were faced with adversity, there was a little bit of that mentality that they were going to falter. And I don't know if it was just too much adversity. The well of discipline over the course of a season can run dry. And I think that with the Sharks having everything that they had to deal with last year, whether it was the start of the year in Arizona and just being put in such a negative situation from day number one and not being able to play at home for what the first 12, 13 games of the year. It was a lot for the Sharks to take and that has a cumulative effect combined with the fact that it was a lot to take and they weren't winning games this year. It's a bit more of a normalized schedule and you're getting more reward from your players for the team. Like I said, Timo Meyer is getting rewarded for his efforts. The Sharks' efforts on the ice are being rewarded by the play in front of the net. The guys who are playing goalie are being rewarded by the play in front of them. 
I mean, this is a one hand feeding the other type situation where everything is relatively feel good for the Sharks. Yeah, did they lose to the Capitals in Toronto? They did. They did not beat those teams, but they also did not beat those teams who are better than them right now. You have to look at things realistically. The Sharks right now, 11-9-1, are only one point back of Vegas, two points back of Anaheim, six points back of Calgary, and seven points back of Edmonton. But the difference between them and Anaheim right now is two points. Anaheim's lost three out of their last four. Vegas is still not playing hockey on par with what they thought they were going to be this year, although that's going to change once Jack Eichel joins that lineup. But the fact of the matter is, they are well within striking distance and they have the ability to get better right now. The Sharks are not one of the top upper echelon teams in the NHL, but they have proven that through their efforts and through their ability to grind out a game and win, not even ugly, but just win a game by their own Accord that they are good enough to beat anyone on any night. Maybe they're not one of the best teams in the NHL, at least not right now, but this is a team that I think we are watching consistently have a chance to be on that bubble for a playoff or maybe a little bit better. And that is a huge step forward after what they were the last two years. Now, two years ago, you have a lot of struggle out the gate. Injuries are also a factor. I'm not going to deny that. Last year, it was his own situation. Again, not going to try and make excuses. But right now, the Sharks are being rewarded for their effort. They're putting in the hard work, and it's paying off in spades in terms of them being a better than 500 team. And then right now, you get that first win on this road trip, and it gives them momentum going into the games. And now, you know, Tuesday night, you've got the Devils. That one's going to be a tough game because, well, they're a good team. They're not amazing, but the Devils are 9-6-4 and four up to this point. And I think the Sharks do have a chance to beat them. On paper, I would say the Sharks are better. However, you got to let this play out. It's also an East Coast road trip, not making life any, diff- any easier. The Thursday game, we don't know if that's going to happen because the Islanders are dealing with that COVID outbreak. They've had a couple of games postponed. We'll see whether or not that continues. If that game does happen, that'll be the first game back from the postponement that the Islanders are able to play. So we'll we'll see whether or not that happens. But the Sharks are definitely better than the Islanders. You know, the Rangers have been playing really good hockey as of late. They're 13-4-3 on the year, so that would be a tough challenge for the Sharks, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. If they don't have to play on Thursday because that game gets delayed, then the Sharks will have a little bit more rest going into that one. And then on Sunday the 5th, they close out this trip in Columbus taking on the Blue Jackets, a team that on paper relatively similar to the Sharks right now, similar in terms of record, which I think the Sharks would give themselves an opportunity to win that game as well. So... This is not an easy trip because the majority is on the East Coast. However, I think the Sharks have given themselves a pretty good chance going into this road trip to have success, and that's been borne out through one game. But now the job is to keep that rolling from one game to the next. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of that post-game sound. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light.
McCabe, great keep in. Goes to Patrick Kane on the left boards. Circles away from the check there from Nieto. Makes the move on Nieto. Flips it to himself. Dropped one back to Debrinkin. Pardon me, Taves. Taves hands off now to Murphy. Now to McCabe, who shoots. Glove save! Made by Reimer. Off of the man on the left point, McCabe. And we have a stoppage with 27.5 seconds left in the second. You know, obviously our best player tonight. Uh, it's a chance that we were, you know, we got out of the first period 0-0. Um, you know, I thought we showed some resiliency uh, in the second period and came out. We're a lot more urgent in our game. Uh, but Rhymes had to uh, make some huge saves in the third period. Uh, you know, they poured everything they had at us. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's the biggest reason we got uh, two points tonight. Yeah, Reimer absolutely fantastic last night for the Sharks, making 29 saves in the shutout win for San Jose. one nothing over the Blackhawks in Chicago, and that's a good win any way you look at it. When you're on the road, when you go to Chicago, I don't care if they are not the team that they used to be, it's tough to win in Chicago. And Reimer, by making 29 saves, stopping everything thrown his way, the Sharks have a huge, huge win in Chicago. To, to play 12 years, or this is my 12th season, so, um, you know, you, you have ups and downs throughout the season, throughout your career and, and whatnot. And, and I think, you know, for me, I, I you know, I think the credit it honestly goes to our squad. I mean, like we talked about tonight, you know, guys blocking shots, you know, guys scoring big goals, um, guys sacrificing. And so, you know, you're just one part of that, of the team. You know what I mean? It's it's the San Jose Sharks and and, and we have an identity where, where we want to work and, and sacrifice. And so, you know, when you when you get the tap, you just you want to fill in and, and carry that on and do your part. So, um, you know, I think honestly, kudos to the guys and, and their commitment so far. That was Reimer after the game when he was asked if this is some of the best hockey that he has ever played. And, he, you know, he's had some very good hockey over the course of his career, and I think he's right there on bar with it right now. And he was also asked if after the rough game in Toronto, which, by the way, I did not put on him. There was maybe one goal where I thought, well, Reimer could have stopped that, but the other three, those weren't on him. But he was asked if he worked with Nabokov after that game against Toronto to try and rectify anything that went wrong in that game. Uh, not really, no. I mean, it's just we only had like a – the travel and we had like a 20 minute practice yesterday and you know we uh we just pretty much got the blood flowing and got on the plane and came here so um no i mean uh you know i, I thought in that toronto game i felt like i was i was running the right spot and and um you know for the most part there's sometimes you know bucks don't hit you you know it's pretty good leagues and pretty good players and and so um sometimes they do and, and like tonight some uh, sometimes they don't, and like tonight, sometimes they do. So, um, you know, thank the good Lord for that. Well, Reimer did talk about some of his off-season work and just the things he was working on, his stances, his positioning. It's clearly paid off because he's having a very good stretch of play right now, and you hope that continues. And I think the other thing that's important to note is that everybody else on the Sharks wanted to point out that Aiden Hill has been very good in net for them as well. So, you know, guys are very, very happy to give credit all around. You heard Reimer giving credit to the squad in front of him, the guys after the game, whether they were, you know, defender, forward, whatever their position was, they were giving credit to Reimer after the win. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, he's been great all year. Uh, I just told him, I was on the radio there. It's going to say that, you know, it's it should have came, came a lot earlier. Um, so he's been playing great for us. You know, he's the reason why we have a lot of the wins that we do. Um, him and Hiller, you know, they've stepped up big. So, um, yeah, super proud of him. We're super happy for him. He was especially big in the first period where we weren't very playing very strong. So uh, I kept us in it, uh, held off, uh, held us uh, long enough there to, to make, make a good uh, second and third there and come back in the game. 
Reimer bailed the Sharks out with his play in the first period. And this is where I thought it was interesting because they talked about that time in between the first and the second period. Bugner showing them video clips. This is what Ferraro offered. Uh, so we got to be better. Uh, we had a play, we had a game plan that we didn't stick to in the first period. Came out a little bit flat. We weren't winning enough battles. Um, but our compete in the second third was lots better. Uh, we are finishing our hits. Um, we're the kind of team that, you know, we, we got to play physical. We got to play hard. So we take a period off. It's going to hurt us. Um, so Ryan's kept us in there for sure. That's uh, you know, just uh, the messages. We just got to stick to to our uh, to our identity. So, yeah, stick to your guns. It's going to pay off. This is what Ferraro said about the video. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, never had that happen, but uh, I'm glad he did. You know, we needed to it's something that we we can't let happen. Um, otherwise, you know, we're going to get down the games. We're going to be chasing the game, and I think that you know that was a really good thing that you know coach did there. Um, you know, it's it's a lot worse when you see it. You know, um, so that was good to to get our heads in uh, in, the, in the game a little bit, get ready for the second and third. And these are the insights that I always appreciate because the Sharks are probably looking at a first period or Bob Bugner most specifically is looking at a first period where the Sharks did not play great but kept themselves in the game or had Reimer keep themselves in the game. And Bugner's probably thinking, okay, I see what the problem is. I think we're going to get our legs under us a bit more in this second period. And if we make these adjustments, we're going to have an opportunity for success. And that's exactly the way it played out. So when you watch those first period struggles, you do see it pay off. And for the Sharks, now that road trip is off on the right foot. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, um, you know, there's some games here uh, um, coming up and, and tonight's game that, you know, we, we need to we need to start to moving forward and we can't just hover around 500 and it's important that uh, we're not digging ourselves a hole at the beginning of a trip so tonight was great to get two points uh you know i know it's been a lot of travel and and we got in here uh, fairly late last night so i think uh it took us a little while in the first period we didn't we didn't look like we had any legs look like how we played the toronto game really and then uh, we woke up a little bit in the second so um need a better effort to beat jersey and uh, we'll see if what happens with the announcement on thursday as for those first period struggles specifically in the eyes of the head coach uh well you got to give them credit i think they uh, um you know they've been playing better lately and they got some pretty good offensive weapons but uh, i wasn't happy about the way we were uh, we were playing in our defensive zone i thought that we weren't uh, collapsing we weren't protecting the house we weren't stopping our feet we we're losing all kinds of battles um, so we talked about that in between the first and second. I, you know, I brought five or six clips in, and you know, and I don't usually do this, but I went and, and, and had everybody to you know watch what watch what was going on here, and uh, and we responded, which was good. Timo Meyer in the right place in the right time comes up with the goal, the game-winning goal that puts the Sharks ahead. He later had, of course, the empty netter, which sealed it. Here's Bugner on Timo. That's a big difference in his game. He, he's putting a lot more pucks to the net, whether they're even a bad angle or slings from the corner or whatever. I think uh, that creates uh, um, other opportunities. And, uh, you know, yeah, I thought he was our uh, our best forward again tonight. I think he's uh, carrying us offensively, and uh, um, it's good to see. You know, I think there's some chemistry with that Dalene. Obviously, back on that line, it helps. Uh, but uh, Timo's done a great job of uh, um, you know showing up every night and, and battling hard. And that is part of the big difference with Timo Meyer this year. It's not just that he's playing a harder game, a game with more conviction. It's that he is playing a more aggressive game and putting more pucks on net and just trying to make things happen. If you ask questions of the defense and the goalie, sometimes they're not going to have all the answers, even if you yourself and your team are not playing their best game. That's 
what the Sharks were able to do last night and overcome that slow start. Honestly, I was just standing in front and it hit me. Uh, I didn't, I can be honest, I didn't try to tip that. Just trying to take the goalie's eyes away and, uh, you know, luckily it hit me, but I think uh, that was a big goal for the team. Uh, we don't care who scores it. It's, uh, you know, it was an important uh, goal, so that's all that matters. That team first mentality is bleeding through everywhere with the San Jose Sharks right now. And this goes back to the bigger picture rebuilding of the culture that everyone wanted to see happen with the Sharks. We saw this as a point of emphasis from the front office, from the coaching staff to the players on the ice. I think they all acknowledge that the relative frustrations of falling short in the playoffs, getting to the Western Conference Finals, only to be beset by injuries over the course of that run in 2019, followed up by a disappointing 2019-2020, which was cut short. You know, it led to things not being in a great place. And I don't think this was some sort of toxic environment. I think it's something that can just happen when you're in a transitional point for a franchise where new guys are coming up, where old guys have expectations, where there is going to be a rough patch. And right now, it seems like the Sharks have weathered that rough patch pretty well. I think that if they continue on this trend, they're going to find themselves laying the foundation for success as they get deeper and deeper into the season. So for San Jose, for what they are trying to build, you love it. And you do like the fact that these guys are all willing to do battle for each other, are all willing to go out there and defer credit to somebody else. That is a selfless type of environment, which makes guys want to play harder for each other and also has a clear hierarchy of leadership. It also shows that young guys are getting opportunity. It shows that the stars have to put in the hard work. It lends itself to success. And I think that when the Sharks had so much talent on those earlier teams when they just, you know, had to go out there and take the ice and it was going to happen. You didn't have to work on the culture as much because there was so much high level talent that was going to take care of business. You had, you know, prime Patrick Marlowe, prime Joe Pavelski, prime jumbo. I mean, you go down the list of how many stars that were on that team that are no longer on that team. It's a bit of a transitional period. I mean, Brent Burns, he's back to playing like the Brent Burns we all know he's capable of being. Eric Carlson, I think, is still refining his game since COVID, but we all know the impact he can make out there on the ice, and we see that he's playing hard. This is a very, very interesting time to watch the San Jose Sharks as they go from one era to the next. But right now, on the bubble, and maybe trying to find themselves in more of a secure position over the course of this road trip and the upcoming seven-game homestand, fascinating interesting and yielding success all right that wraps it up for this edition of morning tide next up for the san jose sharks they will be traveling to jersey to take on the devils on tuesday night which means i will see you all on wednesday morning for the san jose sharks i'm ted ramey signing off you've been listening to the san jose sharks morning tide brought to you by coors light on the sharks audio network